you can have tradition, but don't let tradition override the truth of the gospel and why Jesus came and the message. Because I will tell you this, the message and the joy of Christ and having him will override and will outlast Frosty the snowman. Because even Frosty, he starts melting and he has to go to the North Pole and can't come but back once a year. I'll be back on Christmas Day. When you have Jesus' every day, 365 days of the year, you have the Lord, and you also have, you don't have a fictional character. You have the one who rules and reigns, who is Lord. Let's go to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to try and stay with my notes the best I can because I've got a message here, and I'm having trouble finishing it, and I'd like to go through it because there is some good truths I want you to receive this morning. We'll see if I can do this in 30 minutes. I used to be able to. But if I keep doing this introduction, I'm not going to make it. So here we go. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you, Lord, that you just touch us. We look in your word this morning and receive the truth and power and revelation. Lord, I don't want to just give an ordinary talk. I chase away all the spirit of tradition and humanism. But I speak life in the name of Jesus Christ and your word. We celebrate and worship you, Lord. Nothing wrong with those traditions, God. I thank you for good things in life. But, Lord, just help us to see a great truth here. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. I'd like to preach and share with you Christmas in the kingdom. It made me think, I don't know why, it made me think of the Stephen Kirsch Chapman song. You know, I, I like Steve, Stephen Kirsch Chapman over the years. I kind of followed him a little bit. You know why? Because he lives in Paducah, Kentucky, and I'm from Kentucky, so I guess that's some of it there. But, but he has a song, Christmas in Kentucky. I, or No, that was uh, another group saying that too, Christmas in Kentucky. <laughs> Alabama. Oh, someone's got to pray back here. <laughs> They know Alabama. No, but really there is, uh, there's a line, I think, Stephen Kirsch Chapman sings. It says, Christmas in Kentucky. It, it might be in there, that song. But whatever, let's move on, okay? Don't get me confused. All right. Matthew chapter 1. Then Joseph, her husband. This is after, this is after Mary comes back from Elizabeth's house. She's showing. And the truth is out. She's going to have a baby, and then she's got to tell everybody, well, what really happened, and stand on that truth. And that's a great message all by itself on that. But here Joseph is with that. He's, he's in a paradox here of wondering what to do, and he doesn't know what to do. Here's a paradox. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and did not wanting, not wanting to make her public example, was minded to put her away secretly. In other words, if it was publicly, she could have been stoned. But while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Let me tell you, you may have some stuff on your mind. If you wait on the Lord, God will speak to you. He'll show you. If you'll lean to him and turn to him, he'll tell you what to do. He'll reveal things to you. And, and you may have to wait a while. Don't expect you pray 10 minutes and God's going to tell you something. You may have to fast and pray and seek God about it and linger and wait. God will give you an answer. Can I get an amen out of that? Okay. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David. 
do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and she sh will bring forth I like King James and she shall but I'll say will because it's in King James New King James she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Somebody glorify God on that. And for he will save his people from their sins. Like one preacher says, can I get a witness here? Can I get a witness? So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. You know why? Why he didn't have intimate relationship with her? It was because he was preserving a truth and a word. I mean, sometimes you've got to hold yourself back to preserve the truth and the word of God. And that's why he did that. That's why he did so nobody could say, uh-huh, uh-huh, it's your baby, ain't it, Joseph? He said, nope, it sure isn't. Here we go. And he called his name Jesus. Jesus. Will you just say Jesus to yourself? Jesus. One more time. Jesus. Does that, does that name do something to you? Does something rumble inside of you? Jesus. Oh, my. Yeah. No other name greater than that name Jesus now the key verse of scripture I want you to see here is especially and to notice is verse 30 22 and 23 so all was all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us I'm talking about Christmas in the kingdom Matthew 10 7 and 8 says Jesus told his disciples this he instructed them further on and as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand as you go complain as you go gripe as you go post mean things on Facebook as you go say a little gossip as you go, be negative. Jesus says, as you go, preach. Now, every one of you are called to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, you go preach. You receive power of the Spirit here in the Word of God. Now, you go preach. You leave this room, you leave this place, and go preach to the world. Share the good news. Let me tell you. The world is ripe for good sermons. And it's not from some superstar on TBN. It's going to be from you and you and you. Because you need to just go and preach, okay? Because you know the message and you know the good news. He said, but go preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. 
cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. In Luke 12 and 32, Jesus said, fear not, little flock. Boy, is that not a word for today. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you the kingdom, to give you the domain, to give you dominion over all things, to give you the kingdom, not, not just ordinary kingdom, but the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. I mean, please forgive me. I got flashback in the 80s, but I almost can be like MC Hammer. Can't touch this. Political world, you can't touch this. COVID-19, you can't touch this. Negative stuff, you can't touch this because I'm not of an earthly kingdom. I'm part of a heavenly kingdom. Now, the sooner we face the facts about that, that you're in the kingdom, the better off you and I are going to be. The better off we're going to be when we leave this place today and we go out through the world, that we say to ourselves with all confidence, saying, I'm part of the kingdom. And devil, you can't touch this. I'm part of a, there's another dominion. There's another authority over me. There's somebody, nothing touches me till it touches him first. So I'm part of the kingdom of heaven. So we need to have Christmas in the kingdom. Oh yeah, this would be a good shake in here right now. Because that's what the world needs right now. The world needs to hear and say, listen, you're not having ordinary Christmas. Some people say, yeah, I'm not having ordinary Christmas. Boy, if you just knew all this stuff, I'm so sick of that. I've been quarantined three times. Some people almost hate hearing that word quarantine as much as they hear COVID-19. Because it's like, you know, being quarantined with little kids in the house. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, it's terrible. My, I'm not going to say any more about my own family, but I know some of them in quarantine, and it's been rough. Rough. It's kind of like you're on lockdown. I mean, you finally realize that there ain't much on TV, don't you? Because I'm in quarantine. I'm closed in. I can't go anywhere. Well, let me tell you this. The devil can't limit to all God's people, God's people in a kingdom that has no end. A kingdom that goes on and on. A kingdom that's so vast and beyond all the billionaires in this world and far much above that, all the power and influence is God's kingdom. And you and I are going to have Christmas in the kingdom. Christmas in the kingdom. It's celebration time. It's worship time. It's praise time. It's liberty time. It's a time of joy and rejoicing because we're having Christmas in the kingdom. Go and tell your neighbor, say, I'm having Christmas in the kingdom. Now, very often this time of year, we go and hear stories and great stories. Uh, one in particular uh, that's retold is like the story of Mark Twain's a book that he wrote, A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, where some other spinoffs have been like, uh, maybe you've heard things of the story called The Peasant King and how that evolved. And, and, and where that came from in this story is that Mark Twain wrote about was that 
in the story, King Arthur dresses in peasant's garb and visits the subjects of his kingdom. The king lays aside his royal robes and privileges in order to identify with the life outside the castle and experience life as it is lived by the common people. The king is transformed by the experience and the people now understand that he cares for them and has broken out of the castle walls. Now those are great stories and they do capture an important part of the truth about Christmas and God coming to our world. It does express an idea of thought of what's going on through the mystery of the incarnation where that the prophet prophesied and the angel rehearsed it back into the ears and the heart of Joseph and declared that message that Emmanuel, God, is with us. It does bring a, a feeling that God in his great glory has come down to this humble place of earth. We hear that message all the time where that God, the infinite glorious God decided to take on the garb or the clothes of the flesh and become human and begin to dwell among us. And that's cause to celebrate. That God loves us so much that he came down to be with us. That God is with us. He understands you. There's not a moment in your life that your Jesus doesn't understand what you're going through. He's already been through it many times over. He knows, as the Bible says, he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Tempted at all points like as we were, but yet without sin. And so therefore we know he understands. Why? Because God came down and with us. And that's enough right there to, to, to celebrate on the first half there is that to celebrate that he came down to be with us, to understand us, to listen to us, to dwell with us, to eat with us, to sleep with us, to be with us, to touch humanity. Not only did he touch us when he, in essence, humanity, when he molded and shaped and made man in his own image, but now he's decided to come down and take the image of man. And what a glorious thing that he went and allowed himself to be clothed in the flesh and dwelled among us. Never a man was like this man. Never was anyone that impacted the world like this man. And, and nobody spoke like this man. No man, no one ever did things like this man. This man was just not an ordinary man, but he was a man nonetheless. He was 100% God and 100% human. So we can't say, well, he had an advantage. He's the son of God. No, he was 100% human, but he was also 100% God. He wasn't 50-50 here. He was totally, totally complete. Okay, so this is the mystery of the incarnation. It means it's such a blessing. It means that we have a God who cares and wants to be with us. Amen. He wants to be with us. He wants to be with us. Maul Bell came out with a commercial of this wonderful lady in the front porch swing with her husband there and their older uh, older adults and they're sitting there and she's crying and the husband says, what are you crying about? 
is something wrong. She's sitting there swinging on the swing, and you might remember that commercial years ago. And, I mean, it was very popular. And she's crying. And he says, why are you crying? I don't understand. He said, I got a call. I got a call from Bobby. I'm just going to call him Bobby. Got a call from Bobby. And he says, is everything all right? Her husband says, everything okay? Everything fine? Oh, yes, it's fine. But why are you crying? She said, he called and he just called me to tell me that he loved me. And she's crying there. And he says, oh, he says, I, you know, so God didn't do a phone call. He didn't send a text message. He didn't send something in Messenger. He didn't post a post on Facebook. He didn't connect technology with technology that is good, but it's cold. You know what I mean? It's cold. It's real cold. My wife can send me a message, and I'm telling you, I can look at that, I can hold that thing, and I'm like, oh, my, you know, this thing is cold. This thing is, man, I can't feel a thing. It's cold and glassy and, and, and mechanical. But God didn't say, I have sent enough messages. Now I'm going to come down to where you're at and so that you can hold me and I can hold you and I can touch you and I can understand and you can know that I understand your needs and your cares. I'm going to come and hang out with you. I'm going to come and sit in your living room with you. You're going to give me some hot chocolate and, and some sugar cookies. We're going to sit down and we're going to fellowship. Please, please understand. I'm not making light of uh, the greatness of our Lord, uh, but sometimes we make light of how much he loves us and cares for us. Uh, this is not a mechanical assignment that he had when he come down. For God so loved the world uh, that he gave his holy begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have ever everlasting life. It was love coming down. Uh, he understands me. He came down in the flesh. Wow. Wow. And all the world could do is mistreat him. You know, but that's okay. That was all part of his plan. Nothing catches God off guard. Now, if I were to leave you there, I would only be getting to half of the message. Because the other half is this. It's the flip of the coin here. This is why this ought to get you going here, okay? Come on, I'm talking about Christmas in the kingdom. This ought to set you on fire. This ought to make you bubbly, tingly all over. Because it's, it's a truth here. Listen, look at this, look at this. He came down in the flesh. And the reason why he came down like he did wasn't necessarily so that he could dress up like a peasant and then understand the peasant what's going on. No, no, no. When he came through the door of heaven and entered into the realm of earth, uh, he decided to leave the door open. And the thing is this, he said, he didn't come down so he might feel like we feel and understand us. That really wasn't his message and his plan uh, and, and, and his mission. He came down so that you and I, when he came down, he came down so he might be able to raise us up. He came down so that you and I might be able to go and spend some time uh, with the king and in the kingdom and go to heaven and have heaven on earth because the kingdom of God has 
it started here on this planet and the kingdom is still forcefully advancing we're suffering violence but we're moving forward because Jesus came to bring the kingdom Jesus came to bring us into him the king decided that I want you to receive what I have I want you to partake of what I have I want you to receive the blessing that I have I want you to live and reign in the kingdom being joint heirs with me and know that you're in the kingdom yeah he came through the door and left the door open uh -huh. yeah that's what he did he left the door open surely I were to come out of my office come out of here I'll leave the door open and you don't have to ask the little kid they'll do it anyway they're going to find what's on the other side of that door and Jesus is telling you well, that's the kingdom. You're in the kingdom. I've come to bring my kingdom to you. You who feel like you have nothing to live for. You who feel like that you're totally a failure and everything's gone awry. You who feel like you're so caged like a caged animal with control and rules and regulations and you who are tired and weary and heavy laden. He said, I've got rest for you. I've got a kingdom for you. And, and you're going to rule and reign. Everything I have is yours. I'm going to bring you into my kingship. I'm going to bring you into authority, into my domain. And you will have dominion. And you will have authority. You will have the keys of the kingdom. And, and you will take authority over all things. Why? Because there's two parts of that story. He came down to be with us but then he decided he wanted to raise us up to where he's at hey now I mean you can you can stop at the first phase if you want but I'm telling you you'll get to an incomplete purpose if you don't reach the point that he came to bring his kingdom and to bring you into his kingdom hallelujah hallelujah you don't have to be defeated for you're not defeated. You don't have to be discouraged because you've got the good news. You can have Christmas in the kingdom. Uh -huh. Oh, you haven't been able to go out and buy. I stopped a long time ago in my house, quit saying, well, we got to go out and buy Christmas. Oh, done buying Christmas. Well, you know what? I stopped buying Christmas. I buy some gifts because Christmas it's already been paid for. It's already been paid for, you silly, you silly goose. You think you're discouraged. I'm not going to have Christmas because I can't buy presents. It's already been bought. It's already been bought. You can't buy Christmas. You can't. He come to bring the kingdom. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Again, I say rejoice. Because of the kingdom of God. Now, I, I went all over the place my notes, and I know I've skipped over some good stuff. Hey, man. King Jesus has not only stepped outside of his heavenly castle in order to come to us and experience our life here, his purpose in doing so was to lead us back to his kingdom that we might experience the delights of his life as king. Hallelujah. In, in other words, it's not so much to experience our life that he came it's not so much it 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 was 
not so much to experience our life that he came, but in order that we might experience his life. It was important for him to come into our world, but this reason for doing so, for his reason, was for us to be able to come into his world. It is one thing to have a God who's willing to come and share in our suffering. It is quite another to have a God who's able to deliver us from our suffering. It is one thing to have a God who is willing to take on our identity. It is quite another to have a God who wants to take, wants us to take on his identity. It is one thing to have a God who is willing to come to the squalor of our world and quite another to have a God who invites us to step into the glory of his world. And let me tell you this. You don't die and then you get to the kingdom. You're in the kingdom right now. You took on citizenship when you took on the lordship of Jesus Christ over you. And so the kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. Why else can we go out and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? How else would we be able to rebuke the demons and they will flee? How else would we be able to know that we have eternal life and we can rebuke the darkness? We can speak to the mountain, be cast into the sea, and it will be cast into the sea. Why? Because you're in the kingdom now it hasn't come to full expression but it will and it's gone into and all the birthing pains that are going on right now is a shifting and moving toward the finalization and expression of the kingdom of heaven that's going to take place for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God shall sound. And we which are alive and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Let me tell you, there's rumblings going on in the world. There's been a shift taking place. There's crafty individuals trying to maneuver and, and manipulate and try and get in the power and change a new order, change a new way. And we're trying to go to Washington and beat on the doors of the White House and cry out to the Capitol and say, change this, stop this. We're not supposed to. To it, it, we're not supposed to lie down and ignore things go on and take a stand for truth but always remember you're in the kingdom you're in the kingdom you're in the kingdom and his place man and make the white house look like a shack Yeah. So rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. It's Christmas in the kingdom. Let me go a little bit Old Testament for a moment. I'll probably stop. Try to. Uh-oh. All right. I thought about this exchange thing. I thought of 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1 through 7 in the Old Testament. See, David had just, he just beat Goliath and cut his head off. Victory came to the nation, and Saul wanted to know, who is that boy? 
And Abner went and got him and brought him before Saul. And he said, who are you? He said, I'm the son of Jesse. Then verse 1 of chapter 18 begins. After David had finished talking to Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. And he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off his robe he was wearing and gave it to David. Along with his tunic and even his sword and bow and his belt. Oh my gosh. Whatsoever mission Saul sent David on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. And when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out in the town of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs, with timbrels and lairs. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Remember the exchange? The peasant king, David, was about ready to go and be in the king and in the kingdom. And here's Jonathan. He says, you know, David, I'm going to, let's have covenant here. We're going to have the great exchange here, okay? You put on my robe and my tunic of royalty. You take my weapons that I give you so you be able to fight your battles and with the kingdom and the kingdom behind you. And what, what was Jonathan left with? He was left with the, the shepherd boy's clothes. You know, the little bit that's got a little bit of sheep dung on the edges of the, of the borders of his, of his garment. You know, and he smelled like sheep and looked like sheep. And it was, you know, hey, doesn't matter how much tide you use, that kind of smell just doesn't, doesn't wash out. But he took the peasant's garments and their exchange with covenant with, with David. And David left that place and he never was the same again. I know he had the anointing, but then he suddenly received the honor. And the Lord wants you to receive the honor being in his kingdom. He wants to exchange with you. He gave you, he came down and put on the flesh. He came down and became one of us and one of the smelly sheep herders and sheep boys, shepherd boys and smelly peasant. And, and he did that, but then he gave us uh, the royal robes of royalty. When Jesus came down in Bethlehem, he took on the flesh so that you and I could take on on the robe. He went and did all that so that we could walk in royalty, power, and authority. There's not an enemy that can stand against us because of the, of the kingdom, because we've been fully equipped and God's given us the victory and the power and we're going out not in the name of any other name, in even our own name, but we're going out in the name of the kingdom. You go against your enemy, not against with your name, but Jesus' name and the authority of the kingdom. So what does that have to do with the sermon? I'm celebrating Christmas in the kingdom. Because mm -hmm. Frosty is going to melt and Rudolph's nose ain't going to shine so bright the older he gets. 
And it's all going to, this, this, everything, you know what I'm talking about. Traditions are good because, listen, you know I like traditions. I've been, I've been, I've been a grandpa indoctrinated. I got a, I got a 12 foot Bumbles, the abominable snowman from Rudolph in my front yard and a nine foot tall Rudolph standing there with his nose blinking. You can drive by my house. You can see it. So I'm not picking on tradition, but I'm telling you, celebrate the good times. Celebrate the good things of God. But recognize every good gift comes down from the Father of lights. And, and understand that you are from the kingdom. You can celebrate the word of the living God. Emmanuel, God with us. In the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of oppression and depression. I come against the spirit of suicide. In the name of Jesus Christ. Did you know there are people who are members of churches who are committing suicide? Because they're falling prey to the spirit of the age. Feeling like they have nothing to live for. Is this all there is to live for? We have no hope. Or they're gripped in fear so bad. But I'm telling you this year celebrate Christmas in the kingdom. In the kingdom. Where the devil doesn't have a place. Where the devil doesn't even have a chair to sit in. He's not even welcome, and I'm not going to give him one of my sugar cookies. I'm going to send him by postage a big bucket of coal. Because he's going to know what it's going to feel like when it's red hot. Come on, saints. Is that word really the word in your life? Is that word that you carry in Bible? Is it really the word in your life? What's up in your life? What's going on in your life? Come on, let's, let's take full advantage. Let's celebrate Christmas in the kingdom, the kingdom of God. For Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus came down and took on flesh. But when he came down, he left the door open. And he said, come on, I want you to know what it is to live as a king. I want you to experience my blessing. That is why the angels got all fired up and filled the sky with rejoicing. I give you tidings of great joy. Mm -hmm. Great joy. Oh, oh, oh no. Here we go. I'm going to do that old pastor thing. And I'm not going to spring it on any of the worship team. But I just thought of a song. And, it, and I just got to sing. Is that okay? As a matter of fact. I don't, I don't expect to sing it alone. I don't expect to sing it alone. I got to get to it first. You see how my notes are. I had a good session with God. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to leave you. Well, no, let's go on. I had a little story I want to share. Maybe it be next week. Oh, I'm going to tell the story. You, how many here like a good little laugh? Ready for it? And it's a true story. It, it was the winter of 1926, an age where narrow-mindedness and bigotry still had a power in many places. A woman from Chicago named Thelma Goldstein decided to go to Florida for her first real vacation. She was not familiar with the area, and she unknowingly drove to a restricted hotel in North Miami. 
Excuse me, she said to the man at the desk. My name is Mrs. Goldstein, and I'd like to have a small room for two weeks. I'm awfully sorry, he replied, but all the rooms are occupied. Just then, she noticed a man who had just checked out at the desk and at the counter next to them, and she said, what luck? She says, now there's a room available for me. Not so not so fast, ma'am. I'm sorry, but this hotel is restricted. No Jews allowed. Jewish, she said. I happen to be Catholic. The man at the desk said, I find that hard to believe. Let me ask you, who was the son of God? Jesus, son of Mary. Where was he born? In a stable. The man pressed on, and why was he born in the stable? When with her eyes flashing, she said, because a schmuck like you wouldn't let a Jew rent a room in his hotel. I had to say, I thought that was pretty good. But I got a song in my heart. I'm preaching to you. It makes me want to sing a song that was inspired from the Psalm 98. The song, it's, it's, it's over 200 years old, and it was written by Isaac Watts. You might know it. As a matter of fact, won't you stand, and maybe you might want to join in with me. And it's okay, because this kind of song you can sing without music, because we do it all the time. We do, really. It's actually something called caroling, without music. And you can come on and be ready to do music if, if you want there, but just simply, Isaac Watts wrote this song. It's by the 98th Psalm. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their song. Employed while fields and